Hi, this is uh, Sam Smith, and welcome to my uh, weekly uh, podcast. Um, that uh, that is W E E K L Y. In case anyone was no, uh, wondering, uh, I was thinking I might want to start some of these uh, off with some words of wisdom or uh, lessons for life kind of thing. Um, and you know, one of the uh, one of the old sayings you hear is uh, that it's uh, darkest before the dawn, which I very much subscribe to because if you uh, intend to steal your new neighbor's newspaper, <clears throat> that would be the time to do it. Um, also, and remember this: before you criticize somebody, um, you want to walk a mile in their shoes. And actually. Um, uh, at that point, if you criticize them again, it, it's not that bad an idea because you're a mile away and you've got their shoes. So anyway, these are a couple of things to uh, not think about as, uh, as the week goes on. Um, as for uh, uh, my week, or my last week, um, last week I had an uh, 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 enjoyable experience, terrific experience. I, I, uh, I was at the enshrinement for the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield. Um, and I've been uh, fortunate to uh, uh, go most of the years for the last uh, uh, eight or nine years, and it's uh, it, 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 I haven't been I've been to the Baseball Hall of Fame. I have not been to the their enshrinement, and, and I know that's sort of uh, when I've read about it, a you know a great reunion weekend, and and which this is as well, um, you know, for a lot of the Hall of Famers uh, showing up. Um, uh, I think my son Connor, uh, who, who, by the way, I, I, I do have to credit as my uh, webmaster, uh, making this work at all. Um, I would be incapable of that in any way at all. So, uh, thanks to Connor and anybody who, uh, cares to listen to this and is enjoying it. Um, you can send him some money as he's still a, uh, he's a graduate student now at the University of Maryland. Well, anyway, actually, I think he's he's okay as far as that goes. Um, but he's done a great job, um, and as I said, I think I think he was going to po- uh, post a uh, picture. I got to hang hang out um, a lot with uh, over the weekend with uh, uh, my old friend Bill Walton. Um, to just uh, what you hate here on the air with Bill, and it's it's a shame he's not doing the NBA games anymore. But he does Pac-12. Bill, the most positive, um, upbeat person I know. Certainly the most positive, upbeat person I know, um, who overcame a massive stuttering problem to become a motivational speaker and broadcaster. Um, and by far the most upbeat person in the world who's had 34 uh, surgeries on his, um, uh, his feet, his legs, and his back. So, um, remarkable guy. I, and I, as I was saying, I think Connor posted a picture um, over the weekend. Um, I think that was from uh, a little post-dinner after the enshrinement. Uh, sad, obviously, at, at Thursday's um, dinner. They have a dinner Thursday night for award winners. Um, uh, Rod Thorne uh, got the Bun Award, which was the major one. They give the Media Award, which 
I was uh, fortunate enough and grateful enough to get in uh, 2012 and uh, saw Moses Malone there. Uh, and as, as we know, he, uh, he died um, on Sunday at the age of 60. Um, and you never, I mean, no, no one knows, you know, you don't know the circumstances, uh, previous health histories, and all those kind of things. Um, um, never, not, not a guy who was uh, um, much into dealing with the media, so we really never got to know Moses that well, but obviously, a, you know, great, great player, great Hall of Famer, and they had uh, probably 50 or 60 uh, Hall of Famers were there for the weekend, and it's uh, you know it's a uh, uh, it's a great opportunity to uh, uh, you know, see a lot of the great players from the history of the game, and 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 all of whom really are in, you know just great spirits when they're there. Uh, grateful to have gotten into the Hall of Fame, and um, sometimes that ceremony, that that enshrinement ceremony on Friday, uh, uh, can can uh, sort of wear you out. Um, with the thank yous, and it's understandable, you know, it's a great moment, it's a great time. Um, but I, I thought actually there were some, you know, really, really nice um, comments, um, not uh, uh, not really droning on, and getting to the point, um, little humor attached. Um, uh, Lisa Leslie, I thought was very good, Dick Favetta, the official, Dikembe Matumbo. Um, John Calipari, who brought probably must have been 40 players uh, with him from Massachusetts and Memphis and um, Kentucky. I noticed Memphis had uh, rescinded a uh, offer they had for him to come back. You know, their games were vacated. And I know a lot of people, just as an aside, I wasn't going to talk about that much. I know a lot of people... Uh, criticized Calipari for, for his methods in college, which to me is is ridiculous because the only cheating that goes on in college is the university, the university presidents, and the university system who cheat the students, and especially the student athletes. And this notion that they're giving them a scholarship, uh, uh, it, it, which is fine, but uh, for a billion dollar, multi billion dollar business, that the advantage they take of these kids. I loved a couple of years ago uh, when the kid from Connecticut said they were going to sleep hungry <laughs> because of the rules. They obviously changed that now. The embarrassment was so terrible. And it's why I, I've been on some Hall of Fame committees over the years, and uh, it's why I always uh, lobbied for Jerry Tarkanian. And uh, he finally got in a couple of years ago. Unfortunately, you know, he wasn't in great health. Died last year. Um, but when when I was on one of those selection, uh, it wasn't the final committee. It was it was the uh, uh, steering committee uh, to narrow down the, the finalists to get to like twelve or fourteen finalists. I forget how, what it was. And there were a number of college coaches on the famous college coaches, Dean Smith or um, different guys like that. And the, a lot of them were appalled that uh, you know I, try, I tried to make I made a case for uh, uh, for Tark, and um, again I was glad to see him got in. I have, have no issues with Calipari on that notion because 
the, the quote, cheating is, is laughable. It, 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 the college system is much like the tax code, the American tax code. And when it was set up, and, and as it's been amended, it was the right idea, but it's become a mess. And uh, yes, it was right to, on some level, when there was strict amateurism, which, which and, and, and scholarships meant something, um, it was understandable, a lot of the rules. But now it's uh, ludicrous. Kids are taken care of, uh, take, uh, uh, taken advantage of, and uh, coaches uh, all do, do something that's, quote, uh, without outside the rules, because the rules in many cases uh, where kids uh, can't get money if, when they're hungry and in need, can't get money to go home and see sick relatives, um, any sort of help is just is just ludicrous. So uh, that's just an aside, and I didn't really want to talk about that all that much. Just to rant a little bit. Um, but Tommy Heinsohn, uh got in, uh, was enshrined as a coach. He'd already got in as a player, and, and he was the fourth, uh, the fourth one to get in uh, as both a player and coach. John Wooden did, Lenny Wilkins did. Offhand, I forgot who the fourth was. Uh, you can look that up if uh, if you care to. Um, but uh, if if you want to go back, uh, Heinsohn's speech would be uh, his comments, which weren't long. Um, and, and, you know, we know him from TV. I was talking to him uh, earlier. They have a little press thing on Thursday. Um, and, he, and he was funny. He said, uh, you know, because he, 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 and I didn't even realize that because a lot of it was a broad, later it was a broadcaster, but he's the only one ever who's been associated with all 17 Celtics championships First as a player, then a coach. You replace Bill Russell as coach, and then as a broadcaster in, in the recent championship with Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. Um, but he said uh, that uh, uh, some people know him as a player. Obviously, older people. Some know him as a coach. And he said, you know, kids today know him as Shrek. And we know Tommy is uh, yelling at watching um, Boston Red, uh, Celtics games. Uh, screaming at the refs, uh, Tommy points, every foul against a Boston guy is a bad call or no call. And, um, he, he, you know, you sort of uh, can't take him uh, too seriously. But Tommy Tommy is a sharp guy, knows a lot about the game, know, and has experienced as much about it as anybody. And uh, a lot of his remarks were about um, Red Arback. And I... I I think Red Arback, I feel Red, I always felt Red Arback was the best, the greatest coach executive in the history of the game, you know, because in his era, he had to be both. Um, and, and Red was a remarkable coach as well, just as coaches go. I know Phil Jackson got more titles and Red had, you know, more Hall of Famers than anybody, but Red truly was remarkable. And, um, you know, Tommy uh, talked a lot about Red's philosophy, and and Red's philosophy in the fifties and the sixties applies just as well now. And that's uh, what I wanted to talk about a little bit about the coaching. And uh, you know, people ask because I've been around Phil Jackson a long time, all his years with the Bulls, and and know Phil well, and you know, still keep in touch with him. 
uh, people say, and other coaches too. They want to know what the secret was. What what and and there is there is there is a secret, and, and there is something, and um, it applies a lot to today's game as well. And I thought uh, Heinsohn went into a lot of that in talking about red, um, because the secret. I'm making little quote marks now with my fingers. I'm actually very adept at that. But the secret to coaching, and it's not a secret, and it's it applies to business management. It applies to uh, dealing with people, essentially, uh, in, in, in any business. It, it, and there's a couple of elements to it. Um, but the basic one is humanity and, and creating personal relationships. It's not about X's and O's. It's not about preparation to the game. Those are all important things. It's not about drawing up the plays and having a strategy. Um, I, I remember uh, something Wayne Embry, who, who was a Hall of Famer, um, played with the uh, Celtics, first uh, black executive in in. Uh, Pro sports uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, great executive with the Cavs as well. Still working in the, as an advisor, um, consultant with the Raptors, and he uh, and he played with some great teams with Oscar Robertson in Cincinnati, and he played with the Celtics too. And I, and I remember him telling me one time uh, about playing with the Celtics, and he said, uh, and he was reserved then. Might play eight minutes, and he he said it would never fail. He he might play a game where he get one or two rebounds, and Red would come over to him after the game, and he would say, "Wayne, that rebound you got, that fast break you started, that was so key for us, and it was so big, turned things around, got us a chance to you know get on that run where we outscored them fourteen to two or whatever it was." And the point is. And and I and I see this in common. I've seen this in common in in all the truly great coaches in the game, uh, basically for the most part. Um, Phil Jackson. Uh, you see, you see in football with Pete Carroll, uh, with Greg Popovich, obviously with Auerbach. Uh, there are a couple elements. One is taking an interest in people. Uh, one is being positive, upbeat. Uh, and one is involving those people. Uh, Heinsohn uh, told a great, great story about Red. Uh, they'd get down the end of the game, and uh, they'd get in a huddle. You know, back then the coaches did. There wasn't six coaches to uh, huddle with the, themselves and then walk over and call a play. Um, uh, so Red would uh, gather the players around. They're down, you know, ten, eight or ten with two minutes to go, and Everybody's waiting, and Red looks up and goes, okay, what do you guys got? Who wants to run what? Uh, the point being, Red knew what to run. Uh, Red had plenty of ideas. But the point it was giving ownership uh, to the players as well, involving the players in it. And the great, the great coaches have all done that, uh, do that, because, one, they're not insecure. They're not afraid to delegate. But they also want to involve the players, and, and, and you don't see that enough in business. I know working in journalism many years at the Chicago Tribune, we rarely saw that kind of thing as well. And it seems like such a such a simple thing to do. 
uh, to be upbeat, to be positive, um, to uh, applaud people for what they do, to try to involve them uh, in the product. And you see it in elements different times. But, but, but that's essentially um, what successful coaching is about. And uh, why Steve Kerr, uh, not, not why he won a title, he didn't necessarily have to win a title, but why, why he was going to be a successful coach and why I think Fred Hoiberg is going to be a really successful coach. Because that's what Fred, uh, a guy, and I know Fred uh, not as well as I knew Steve Kerr from all the years, but you know, Fred was around a few years and I got to know him a little bit too. But very much in the same way, and it'll be that cliche of comparing him to Steve because he was a white shooting guard and all that stuff, and that's got nothing to do with it. What it has to do is, is somebody who has tremendous self-confidence, is not threatened by other people, uh, will delegate a lot, uh, will involve the players. You know, So when you're involved like that, uh, you want to take ownership of the product more. And, and in many respects, and not to criticize Tom Thibodeau, um, but, I, but that, that really, in, in, in a lot of ways, was, was what led to Tom's uh, dismissal with the Bulls, I, more than anything, I think, uh, more than, you know, the feuds and they talked about, and we all, it was no secret that, you know, Thibodeau and, and Gar Foreman and John Paxson weren't close, but that's not unusual with coaching and general managers, if, if, tried to say that many times but uh and 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 especially at games like that said too i think tom and i've heard it from friends of his too feels he 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 made some mistakes and will be a better coach and i i i, I agree with that as successful as tom was you know we tend to forget it was his first job um but i think one reason why fred it was Steve was successful. Why Fred was successful? Uh, Fred, I think why Fred will be successful is um, I think you know the Bulls are going to scrap a lot of that slow, walk it up, control oriented play where it's a sort of a dictatorship thing. You know, I, I, I call it a lot the Van Gundyization of the NBA, where you coach to not be embarrassed. In effect, you you coach to get your defense in position before your offense. That's why Jeff ran this horrible, boring, uh, terrible offense with the Houston Rockets. Walk it up, drop the ball in, have your guards back so you don't get run out on, you know, a lot of 87, 84 games, that kind of stuff. Uh, and I understand that sometimes you have to do it. Players are injured, you know, you're undermanned. Um, but the game is, changed, is changing now. Uh, with with um, a lot more of the perimeter shooting, the drive and kick. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of that stuff uh, in Heinsohn's day. And, and, and I, he talks about that in, in his little comments too, about you know, and, and how much they pushed the ball, uh, that you could shoot two-pointers and still score 115 points a game. The point is you push the ball, defense has a, doesn't have a chance to set. Um, you play with pace, you outlet the rebounds, uh, you can play a motion game. And I think we see that a lot more. We are seeing it a lot more. It's not that we, we, we perhaps are, but we are. And, um, you know, the game is changing in a lot of respects. And I think that's what Fred is the right coach for the right time. And you've heard some, you know, Bulls players, a few have talked over the summer at different times, all have mentioned about talking to Fred, how it's going to be more upbeat and, um, 
you know, the, and there's a lot of factors about that health and, um, you know, is no okay? Is Derrick Rose, you know, physically okay? Um, Pataj Gibson, you, you know, he had ankle surgery. So you got, you know, three, you know, players who've been injured. You know, Tony Snell, will he fit in? Doug McDermott, will he get a chance? Is Miritich ready? You know, he and Powell have been playing overseas. Powell has put up some huge numbers. Miritich has struggled some. So, you know, if you're struggling in the uh, European qualifying, are you ready to start in the NBA? You know, Gibson going to be moving in slow into the season. Obviously, you know, it doesn't seem to make sense that he would be a starter. So, you know, a lot of questions. But still, uh, you know, I think the larger point is that, you know, you have somebody here now in Hoiberg, um, who is, is a very positive person, um, upbeat, you know, takes an interest in, in, in uh, people, meaning, you know, his, his, and it will be his players. Um, you know, and people never realize that about Phil because of all the mysticism around him. But uh, Phil, very positive guy, liked to joke around, always took an interest in his players, really from his growing up as, as a child of uh, ministers and, and really treated his players almost like a congregation. That's why in 96, after Phil reached his seven-year personal limit where he, he felt you can't coach a group more than seven years, he was going to quit after the 95-96 season when they won 72 games. And it's coming up on that 20th anniversary this season. And, and his players literally went to his house uh, to talk him out of it. Um, so, um, again, um, you know, I refer to that, uh, from, from the speeches because basketball is not, is not complicated. It hasn't changed a lot. The things that the Celtics did in the sixties, the things that Tommy, Tommy Heinsohn played with in the sixties, he coached in the seventies, uh, and very much actually, you know, the way they played with Dave Cowan, they, they, they took a big man, they put him outside you know, Dave can make a little shot, but he could beat a big guy off the dribble. They opened the court. The, they inverted the offense. All the things that are supposedly new changes now, the Celtics were doing in the six, in the 70s as well with Heinsohn. So, again, I thought it was, uh, you know, some good stuff in that speech. Um, uh, worth going back to and listening to. And um, um, I, I think with a lot uh, fewer ums than I've had in my podcast. But I do that, so that's um, that was it <laughs> was one right there. Anyway, reaching my time, I try to keep them to twenty minutes. I think I went a couple of minutes over, but um, uh, that would be our lesson for the week. And I don't expect anything major to develop this week. So uh, tune in next week, and um, I'll have another um, goofy cliche to start with. All right, take care.